The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Last week, we looked at our words, which are so powerful. And when used correctly, they are part of really obeying the Lord. This week, let's continue to talk about God's words and how they're related to Israel. Are you ready? Let's pray first. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you and worship you, Father. Lord, I thank you for Israel because Israel is your time clock uh, that we can see what you have done and what you are doing and what you will do. And so, Lord, as we look at Israel today and we look at um, the words that come from you, Lord, about Israel, we ask, Father, that you would just give us uh, true insight into how you are going to work, and that it would uh, be something that we could apply, something that we could learn from, and that you would receive the glory. We bless you, praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. I pray that you are doing well this day, and uh, just want to mention to you that we are still looking for some people to pledge monthly or give us a one-time gift to help us stay on the radio. So we really appreciate your prayerful and financial involvement. Uh, Let me also mention that um, my messages are on uh, Facebook Live and YouTube. This is from the synagogue messages I'm talking about. Um, The messages here are are archived at... um, heartofmessiah.org, okay? And even our Facebook Live has our Tuesday night prayer meeting from 6.30 to 7.30. So we'd love for you to join us. Um, We'd love for you also to bring visitors to our congregations. We have four congregations uh, locally here, um, one in St. Pete and one in South Tampa and Wesley Chapel and actually two in Wesley Chapel. One's a Spanish congregation and the other uh, is English speaking. So uh, we'd love for you to join us. Go to our website and check out our times. That's Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. And uh, we would also love for you to Uh, Bring people, bring friends, bring Jewish people that you know. You know, talking about the power of our words, this week, our parasha, remember the parasha is the reading that we do each week. It was about Balaam and how God told him that he must bless Israel, not curse them. Talk about the power of words. Is that amazing? Also from the parasha reading is Micah 6.2. It says, Hear Adonai's dispute, O mountains, the enduring foundations of the earth, for Adonai has a dispute 
with his people, and he will argue his case with Israel. You know, I was thinking about uh, that scripture and thinking if if someone is allowed to have a problem with Israel, it's only God. You know, as a parent, we can discipline our child or children, but we don't want anybody else to have authority over them, right? We we want to be the ones disciplining them. Well, God is the parent of Israel, and he only is the one who can punish Israel for their sins. However, he will also punish those who come against Israel. So just an interesting thought from the reading. But as we continue in Micah 5, 6, 6 through 8, it's uh, God is clear as to what he wants from us, his children. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you, only to practice justice, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Uh, most of these things that we do, which sometimes we call works, really involves a lot of speech, a lot of our how we how we speak to people. And uh, so let's look at that relationship between God and his people. So this is what God says in Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8. For you are a holy people to Adonai your God. From all the peoples on the face of the earth, Adonai your God has chosen you to be his treasured people. It is not because you are more numerous than all the peoples that Adonai set his love on you and chose you, for you are the least of all peoples. Rather, because of his love for you and his keeping the oath he swore to your fathers, Adonai brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God loves Israel as his firstborn, and he has expectations that he's just given us his words for Israel, that we would love him, that we would be holy, that we would be chosen, uh, we could trust him. He keeps his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he will use us to tell the world who he is and that he loves everyone and that they can have an abundant life by walking with him. God has a plan for the entire world, not just Israel. Well, the world would know that God is God because of his promises concerning the continuation of the people of Israel. So, again, when we look at words, we have to realize that God's words are in what we call the Bible or his scripture. And we see in Jeremiah 31, verses 36 and 37, again, God's words. And these are very powerful because Because his words are true and accurate, we can depend on him. So listen to these words. Only if this fixed order departs from before me, it is a declaration of Adonai, then also might Israel's offspring cease from being a nation before me for all time. Thus says Adonai, only if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath 
Then also I will cast off the offspring of Israel, for all they have done. It is a declaration of Adonai. So here we see God's words saying that Israel is going to be a nation literally forever because we're not going to be able to search out. I mean, even with this new telescope, which is fantastic, I hear, um, we still, there's so much beyond and beyond that we have no clue about. And God is giving us, and, and, and it's amazing because when you think of when this is written and and understand the vastness of space and the vastness uh, of heaven, uh, I mean, it's something to really think about. Well, another example would be from the New Covenant, and we'll look at that portion later. That's also from the Parsha uh, reading, Romans eleven twenty-five to 32. We'll talk about that later. God blesses Israel because they are being used for many of his purposes here on earth. So the Lord used Israel prophetically to announce the coming of Messiah. Now, when you see the word announce, you know that it's, again, uh, it's either God speaking or God speaking through Israel. So uh, we see Isaiah 9, 5, and 6. We start with verse 5, for to us, a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. So let's see about this. There's going to be a baby boy given to Israel, and the government is going to be on this baby's shoulder. And uh, now, He's called my father of eternity. So this is, you know, giving us a a glimpse into Yeshua's thousand-year reign, which we can also see, by the way, in Revelation 24 through 6 and Psalm 72, Isaiah 2, 1 through 4, uh, Isaiah 11, um, Isaiah 65, 17 through 25. Zechariah fourteen six through twenty one. These descriptions in this Isaiah scripture that I just read are also titles which Israel and Isaiah only used for God, and it's difficult to understand for me. Uh, you know, you've probably run into this too. How people like Jehovah Witnesses and and the Jewish people who who don't know or understand mighty God as the deity of Yeshua. So if we're talking about this baby being the mighty God, and and the Jewish people and Jehovah's Witnesses don't accept Yeshua being the mighty God. Yeshua made peace between God and man, and thus he's also the Prince of Peace. Now, in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, Of the increase of his government and shalom, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness, now until forevermore, the zeal of Adonai will accomplish this. So the increase of his government 
and peace will have no end. Or this is really hard for Jewish people to dispute who believe in the word of God that here's this baby and his kingdom is never going to end. <laughs> so how, what do you do with it? They use the word forevermore. And even in the Hebrew, the original, it, it's the same. This is, this is, so words are so critical because it, it ties us into the very knowledge of God. It, it ties us into God's purpose. Words are, are so critical and, and how we receive these words as well. There are so many scriptures in the Hebrew Bible about Messiah, and they give us a reason to bless Israel, to bless the land, and to bless people, like Isaiah 7.14, you're all familiar with that, the virgin will conceive. But in Micah 5.1, he'll be born in Bethlehem. In Psalm 22, it's all about his crucifixion. Zechariah 9 is, talks about our king will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey bringing salvation. Isaiah 53 talks about that he was pierced because of our transgressions. By his stripes we are healed. Adonai laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jeremiah 31, 30-32, God promises Israel a new covenant. And Daniel 9, telling when Messiah would come. These are all words that God has given us through language. This is the power. And when we use our words, we have to use it to show God as well. We can't, uh, that's the beauty of, of the speech that he gave us. We can do the same thing that he's done for us. We can do for him by using our words well. Israel is God's clock that we can tell historical time by <laughs> and also future time by and the present. It's not just the Hebrew scriptures, but we see this also in the New Covenant, the Brit Hadashah. So this week's parasha reading uh, in the New Covenant is Romans, starts with Romans 11.25. And this is a great scripture for us to understand the power of God's words. For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery. So there's a mystery here lest you be wise in your own eyes. So in other words, if you don't understand this, you're going to be arrogant, and we don't want you to be arrogant. So then it says that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written. So here are these words which are pronouncing mystery and don't be arrogant, especially against Israel. And there's a partial hardening, okay? A partial hardening of the Jewish people. That's important. And it starts to be over when there's the fullness of the Gentiles. And then at some point, all Israel will be saved. So we see in Luke twenty-one twenty-four part of the answer to this Romans scripture, because it says that they, meaning the Jewish people, will fall by the edge of the sword 
and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, when this was written, most Jews lived in Israel. So the prophecy is that many will die, right? And then others will be led captive to all the nations. So this is called diaspora, when the people are dispersed throughout the world. And Jerusalem will be controlled by the Gentiles, the nations, meaning not the Jews, right? And when Gentiles no longer control Jerusalem, the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. From Romans 11, there's this partial hardening begins to be lifted. And one would expect that at that time, Jewish people start getting saved. So, in 1967, this scripture was fulfilled when Israel ended the Six-Day War and took control of Jerusalem. So, all of a sudden, Jews, for no apparent reason, started accepting Yeshua. I did. Actually, I was two years earlier than that. I was in 1965, but many others randomly didn't know each other no great teacher or no one situation. It just was happening. It was just happening all over the place. And so very shortly thereafter, they started meeting each other and Messianic congregations started to form um, in 19, roughly 73, 74. Uh, Jews for Jesus formed and and the first two messianic congregations started somewhere around the 1974 mark and i believe the first two were in philadelphia and cincinnati <clears throat> now what is next on god's time clock with israel one of the many things that god is doing is the one new man a marriage of jew and gentile in the body of messiah and I believe that's what Messianic Judaism is. Ephesians 2.11 says this, Therefore keep in mind that once you, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision by those called circumcision, which is performed uh, on flesh by hand. At that time, you were separate from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Now, so what we, I think it's fairly clear that people were uncircumcised, that, uh, who weren't Jewish, and Gentiles were separate from Messiah, and they had no place in the promises or the commonwealth of Israel. They had no hope because they were without God. But then it says in verse 13, But now in Messiah Yeshua, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. For he is our shalom, our peace, the one who made the two, meaning Jew and Gentile, into one and broke down the middle wall of separation. So if you have faith in Yeshua, you who were without God have been brought near to God through 
his blood sacrifice. No longer is there that middle wall of separation or partition. This was a physical barrier, um, actually, that separated Gentiles and Jews in the day of days of Paul at um, the temple in Jerusalem. This partition prohibited Gentiles from entering into the temple courts. As I often say, even Yeshua doesn't get always uh, get uh, his prayers answered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because when we think of um, Jew and Gentile coming together, we have to think of the scripture in John 17, right? Where Yeshua is praying to the Father and, and just saying, make the two one. Well, that's a great prayer, which has not happened quite yet. Um, but Yeshua did take the work of, of the, the partitioning or the separation away. But unfortunately, man has continued the separation, both Jewish people and the church. And the Messianic movement is hopefully going to answer that prayer and br- hopefully bring the church people, the Gentiles, and the Jews together in Messiah. So Ephesians 2, 14b, starting there, within his flesh he made powerless the hostility, the law uh, code of mitzvot, or the, the laws contained in regulations. He did this in order to create within himself one new man from the two groups, making shalom and to reconcile both to God in one body, through the cross, by which he put the hostility to death. I just wish everybody got that message. <laughs> he put the hostility to death. I find people being pretty hostile. I don't know. Because of the cross, the two groups are reconciled. That is Messianic Judaism, Jewish believers, and non-Jewish uh, believers, one in Messiah following him as the Jewish Messiah. As believers, our example through Yeshua puts death to hostility. Ephesians two seventeen, and he came and proclaimed shalom to you who were far off and shalom to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the same Ruach, the same Spirit. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Yeshua came for us, all right? Through Yeshua, both of us, both groups come to the Father by his Spirit, okay? And Ephesians 2.20, you could just read the rest of it because we're running out of time. So this means the Messianic movement that we're involved in is not just about Jewish people, but rather about God's purposes for the end of days, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. And we all have purpose. Well, I pray that this radio program ministered to you and you will consider a pledge or a gift for us to stay on the air. Uh, call our office, 813-831-5673, or go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. We appreciate it. We'd also love for you to come visit our congregation or watch us online, uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube and other places. Just look for us. As we close, I want to close in prayer with this scripture from Amos 9, 14 and 15. 
Lord, you said, yes, I will restore the captivity of my people Israel. They will rebuild desolated cities and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will also make gardens and eat their fruit. Yes, I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be plucked out of their land that I have given to them. Adonai, your God, has said it. Lord, as God has said it, let us speak in terms of his will as well. I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel 